0: All right, if y'all could find your seat and then stand for the scripture reading, please. Today we're reading out of Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And the God said, let there be light, and there was light. John 14, 25 through 27. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. In peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You can have seat. Well, this sermon series is called uh, "The Holy Who question mark, and we took that title um, I, I guess you could you could say we stole the title, but I say we borrowed the title uh, as, as New Life Manitou. All of the congregations are going to be talking about the holy who that 's the name of the series um, from this 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 time uh, of of our college and twenty somethings ministry at New Life Church called the Mill. How many of you remember? The, the mill. Some of you maybe attended the mill. Um, so we did this sermon series years ago. And this morning we were arguing about when it was, but that doesn't really matter. But it was pivotal as to uh, the direction in which we went as a college and 20-somethings ministry at New Life Church. I, was, uh, I served at that ministry. I became a pastor in that ministry for years and years. And I remember when we did this sermon series because the mill was growing exponentially. There was lots of people attending. There was, uh, I think, there was people that would come just because it was someplace to be. We would say a crowd gathers a crowd, and more and more people were coming. There was, think about it this way, there was hundreds of girls coming on a Friday night to this thing, and so there was hundreds of guys coming for the only reason was that there was hundreds of girls coming. And people were coming. Honestly, people were coming and not really knowing that it was a church until they showed up and they saw the cross and were like, oh, wait, this is a church. People would invite them saying, oh, it's a, it's a place where we sing some songs and then there's an uplifting speech at the end and, and people would come. And and people, young adults, it was just the place to be. It really honestly was people. We talked to people who it was like, what are you going to do after this? Oh, I'm going to go out and hit the bars. you are like, Okay, I, I thanks for coming. Um. <laughs> Thanks for coming before you go out clubbing. Uh, it was really just the place to be. And we as a ministry uh, were somewhat looking back, I think we were at a crossroads of, okay, are we gonna keep um, not maybe are we gonna keep preaching the gospel and who Jesus is and who the Holy Spirit is? Or are we gonna really become really seeker sensitive and water down the gospel? And this series we preached it strong, and we preached that the Holy Spirit is, is the Lord, He's the giver of life. We preached that He has gifts to give. And I think looking back in our history of the college and 20-somethings, we look back and say, this was pivotal in our history of deciding that we are the church. We are not a club. We are not just a gathering of young adults, a fun place to be. But we are the church, and we went from there proclaiming His goodness. So, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Who, question mark, uh, in our minds we thought, um, when, when people come, because they, some people were showing up and they didn't even know it was a church, we would say, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. And in our minds, the conversation was, the holy what? And then we'd say, no, it's not, a, it's not a what, it's a who. So the holy who. So that's why the series got that title. But Dan, if you'd put up the first point, it says this, the Holy Spirit is not a what, but a who. The Holy Spirit is not a what, but a Who? And let me list some things that the Holy Spirit is not. If, you, if you're new to church, if, if, if you've never studied the Trinity, um, that, that's perfectly okay. But let me tell you a bunch of things the Holy Spirit is not. The Holy Spirit is not uh, the force. Any Star Wars fans? Um, And I'll probably get this wrong, so you can come correct me afterwards with my Star Wars theology. But my understanding of the force in the movies, the Star Wars and the books, uh, is that there's a good side, uh, a light side, and the dark side. And you can manipulate the force if you have the, what's the, the midichlorian? (laughs) <laughs> okay. anyways, if you have these things, if you're a Jedi, then you can manipulate the force and do things and move things. And that is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a who. The Holy Spirit is God himself. And the Holy Spirit is not a force. The Holy Spirit is also not uh, in, I think of Eastern religions, the, the chi, the, the principle of centering yourself and acupuncture and, and maybe sometimes yoga, getting in line with your own self, your own energy. The Holy Spirit is not chi. The Holy Spirit is not your own spiritual energy. The Holy Spirit is God. Holy Spirit is a who. Holy Spirit is not a mood. I think in English you can say things like, oh, they have a sweet spirit about them. Or they have a a kind spirit about them. And the English word spirit in that case means a mood. The Holy Spirit is not a mood. The Holy Spirit is God, a who. He is to be worshipped. The Holy Spirit is not a... Uh, an experience. Sometimes Christians, I, I, I don't think Christians believe this, but sometimes the way they talk about the Holy Spirit is, oh, it's, it's an experience. The Holy Spirit is something that happens at a retreat. The Holy Spirit is something that happens at a conference. And no, that, that, the Holy Spirit is not a, an experience. The Holy Spirit is the Lord. He's the giver of life. He's God himself. He is to be worshiped. And finally, the Holy Spirit is not um, like a vending machine for the spiritual gifts. If you you see a vending machine, you kind of decide what you want, and you put in the right amount of money, and then you hit the button, and then out comes something that you want. The Holy Spirit is not a vending machine. I I hesitate to share this story because it makes fun of myself. But um, we'll go for it anyways. Uh, So in college, when I was in college, I was uh, immature. Not saying I'm mature now, but I was very immature. (laughs) And I uh, was pretty immature as a Christian. I was very excited about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and let me tell you, I'm still excited about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We, as New Life Church, we believe that the gifts, all of the gifts, miraculous gifts. We can pray for healing. We can pray uh, for God to share with us things that's maybe called prophecy, and we believe in those gifts. There for today, and in college, my, my days. I forget how old I was. Uh, maybe freshman. Knows what comes after freshman? Sophomore. It's a sophomore in college. Um, very immature in my faith, but very excited about the gifts. And so I wanted to start a small group that, I mean, looking back, it was pretty immature. I, I wanted to start a small group where God was like this vending machine, and we would pick gifts that we wanted to pick, and we'd put in coins, like our, our prayer for a certain gift, and we'd hit a button, and we'd get this gift. In in the group that I wanted to start, the weirder the better. And so I started this group. It didn't last more than like two months. I think hardly anybody came. Uh, and we really scared, I scared a lot of people away. Um, the name of this group was Squirrel. Why? Because we wanted to get nuts for God. <laughs> so that hints that, the hesitation for telling the story. Um, you'll probably look at me differently. But the Holy Spirit, if that story helps you, the Holy Spirit is not this vending machine that you have figured out. God does not live in a box that you have figured out and you put in certain things and then you pick what you want and you get that out. That is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God himself. So the next sermon point is quite simple. The Holy Spirit is the Lord. The Holy Spirit is the Lord. He is to be worshiped. We can pray and we should pray to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, we could address our prayers. We sang songs this morning. Come Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. We sang songs to the Holy Spirit and that is very theologically correct because the Holy Spirit is the Lord. We started off reading, uh, Jamie read Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and void and darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. He was right there. The spirit. So, if there's any doubt in your mind, like uh, about the, the spirit being God, well, he was right there. He wasn't part of the creation. He was God Himself, hovering over the waters after the earth was formed, after the earth was made, and yet being formed. And I remember uh, it's, it, that uh, that reading that always brings back memories, uh, good memories of of a, of a guy that I knew in California. I went out to California for one year to study at seminary in Pasadena, and I wanted to do two things that year. I wanted to get all A's and graduate seminary, and I wanted to learn how to surf. It was like my only two goals. I want to go to seminary. I want to learn how to surf. So I got some friends who were surfers, and I was like a little brother, like, can you take me? Can you take me surfing? And they did take me surfing. And there was a, I found out there's quite a big group uh, from Fuller Seminary in Pasadena that would every Saturday go to San Onofre Beach in Southern California, and we would surf all day, and we would eat food by a campfire, and then we would uh, play uh, songs of praise and praise until the sun went down, and then we'd all go home every Saturday. It was awesome. Um, and the, the guy that kind of led it, he referred to himself as the alpha male. I'm the alpha male here, so let me make some decisions. But he was this, that guy. He was a really kind guy, but he was, he was the alpha male. And, and you, 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 anyways, he was really into two things, God and surfing. And he, he talked like a surfer. So he'd say, dudes, in Genesis 1, dudes, you know what God was doing? God, the the earth was formless and the waters and there must have been these big tidal waves and these big sets coming in. You know what God was doing, dude? He was hovering over the waters, dude. He was surfing, dude. (laughs) It kind of sounds like that guy on uh, Nemo, the turtle guy or whatever. And that's who he was. And he really had this theology, I guess philosophy, it wasn't heresy. It was just it was just weird. Um, but he thought the reason why surfing is so important because that's what God was doing. Before he was forming things, he was hovering over the waters. And for him, surfing was a spiritual thing. He'd go out and wait. There's a lot of wait time in surfing. You'd go out and wait for the sets to come in. And you'd see him out there sometimes, just, just hands up in the air, praising God. And people are like, what's he doing? And he's like, well, he, he's a Christian. He, he believes in, in the creator and he's in the creation and he's enjoying it. And he's the alpha male so he could do what he wants. <laughs> but if that helps you at all, that that silly story that, that the Lord, the Holy Spirit was right there in the beginning, hovering over the waters. He is not a creation of God. The Holy Spirit is God himself. Let me talk a little bit about the Trinity. It's a very important doctrine to Christians. I know that in my Christian walk, I, I would definitely be guilty of taking uh, the Trinity, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the, the, the doctrine of pneumatology, the study of the Spirit. I took those things for granted uh, until moving to Utah. I lived, um, I lived in Utah uh, towards the end of my college days, and... Um, if you go to Utah, the, most people are Mormons. Uh, that's the predominant religion. And we can talk all day, I kid you not, all day about how nice Mormons are, how good a people they are. And we can t- really talk all day about the similarities between uh, Christians like us and I'm going to call us creedal Christians coming from uh, the, the fact that we as Christians hold to the Nicene Creed and you can go, if you don't know what that is, go look it up, read through it. It's dead, it stood the test of times for years and years and years. So if we refer to ourselves as creedal Christians, uh, we can talk all day with Mormons about our similarities, and we could just talk about this and that. But when it comes down to foundational beliefs of who God is, there's a big difference. And I don't throw around the word cult, I think that's like a slap, I think it's like making fun of somebody's mom. Um, but I do, I would just responsibly and respectfully say, creedal Christians and Mormons, It's two different religions. Let's not throw around slam words. Let's just call it what it is. It's a different religion. Mormons do not hold to the Trinity. They do not hold to Jesus as Lord. Mormons hold to a doctrine of, I think this is how they would use their vocab, is that they believe in the God of this world and universe whom they worship. But there are other worlds and other universes. There are other gods. And if they are a, a good person in their Mormon religion, they can become a god just like the God they worship of another world. So call it what it is. It's a different religion than creedal Christians. So anyways, I, I moved to Utah. I lived there for about three years. And I had lots of friends who are Mormons. We get into conversations about theology. And looking back, I had no idea. I couldn't tell you why I believed in the Trinity. I couldn't get the Bible and point to, here. oh, here's the verses that lead us to believing in the Trinity. I couldn't tell you why I thought the Holy Spirit was the Lord. I just believed those things which in a good debate, if it's respectfully done, you learn a lot about your own beliefs and the other person's belief in preparing for a discussion or a friendly debate with someone. And that's what I got to do in Utah. I realized how important theology was. And so when I went to seminary, I was really engaged and interested. When the time came to talk about the Trinity and our systematic theology class, there was a guy named Charlie Scalise. He was about like this tall and he was uh, completely bald, had a huge mustache, uh, didn't wear a top hat, but just looked like the Monopoly man. And attached to his hand uh, always was a cup of coffee, and he'd like talk, and the coffee would be spilling everywhere, and he would say things like, I'm from Seattle, I drink a lot of coffee, (laughs) and he'd drink that, and everybody's like, bro, and he'd always say, what did he always say? He said, uh, caffeine in any legal form is allowed in this class, and then he'd laugh hysterically, and everyone would be like, okay, man, we get it. I appreciate his, his excitement, uh, and he, he gave us, um, as the first time I had, uh, in a seminary class, we talked about the Trinity and really nerded out with the doctrine of the Trinity, and his main thing was this, that, that we do believe in one God. One being, one nature, one substance, one God. And this God has three persons. In the Greek, we call it hypostases. Three persons, one God. This is what we believe in. And his, his way of sharing um, why or how we believed in this was, he said, well, first, just get, like in your head, get the concept of Jesus, the Son, and God, the Father, being one. He said, you can get that because if you look in Scripture... You will see page after page of Jesus or the the apostles writing about how Jesus is in fact God. He's the Lord. You can look at uh, John one one and the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And that's 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 pivotal to our faith. And it goes on to obviously explain that that Word is Jesus, having been made flesh. If you need more proof, Jesus is in a conversation with his disciples, and one of his disciples says, "Show us the Father," and Jesus says. How long have I been with you if you 've seen me you 've seen the Father jesus says uh, this, this, um, he 's talking about Abraham and he says, are, people say, "Are you better than abraham and he has the audacity to say if you, before Abraham was I am and that 's that's the, the, the the tetragrammaton the ego and me that 's the, the the Greek um, Phrase within the Old Testament of Yahweh. When, when Moses asked God, well, who am I to tell them you are? When they when they say, what's your name? And, and, and God says to Moses, I am. So when Jesus says before Abraham was, I am, that's a really big deal. He is claiming deity. So if you get that, my, my professor with a cup of coffee and shaking, talking about coffee and from being from Seattle, if you can get that, that God the Father and God the Son are one, well then in your mind add to it, The Holy Spirit is how he would talk about that argument. And he said there's verses like Matthew 28, where Jesus says, go and baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Oh, the the three. And there's verses like uh, John 14, where Jesus is talking. He says, pray to the Father, and he will give you another helper. Another, like as in him, like Jesus is talking about going away, but he's going to send another, like himself, and that he will abide with you forever. So the Holy Spirit is the Lord. And as we start this series, we'll jump back to this. Or the next time we meet will be February 12th. We'll come back to the, the series and the Holy Spirit. And all along the way at New Life North and, and New Life Downtown and a, a New Life Friday night, uh, this series will be happening. Um, it's It's fun for me to nerd out, like on theology. Lots of you know about me uh, a little enough to know that I love studying the Bible, studying theology, getting my head filled with knowledge and nerdiness and talking about it. I just love it. Um, in fact, some, some of the, the guys this morning were like, all right, we've got a theological question. And that's what I live for. I was like, yeah, let's talk about this. Yeah, let's go research. Let's, let's go get some books and some commentaries. And I love that. But I, what I want to ask myself this morning, what I want to ask you, as I ask myself, all of us, is what is your relationship with the Holy Spirit like? What is your relationship with the Holy Spirit like? He is called, uh, in the Greek word, the paraclete. And that word in the Greek is translated into English as sometimes it's the advocate, sometimes it's the helper, sometimes it's the counselor, sometimes it's the guide. Uh, Eugene Peterson, in the message I was reading this week, he, he, he says, friend, God, Jesus is going away. And he's, he's going to die. We know the end of the story. And he's telling his disciples, I'm going to go away, but I'm going to send you someone. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, this friend to be with you. And so if I asked myself and asked all of us in here, what, what is your relationship with the Holy Spirit? There, there's, there's ways in which we can answer that question. I think if someone asked me about my marriage, how's your marriage, Joe? And I, and I just listed, uh, I could just list past events. Well, we got married on this day. Um. January twentieth two thousand and seven and then we you know on this day we uh, we moved to Manitou on this day we had our first child, and I just listed past events you 'd say, "Well well, really though, how is your marriage and I think the same goes with that spiritual question: how is your relationship with the Holy Spirit you can ask questions, uh, you can answer that question and say, well, I was, you know, I was, I was maybe uh, when I was a kid, I went to church, and then I kind of fell off, you know, in high school, kind of went crazy, and then I came back to the Lord in uh, college, and you could talk about, well, then I was baptized, and then I, I was engaged with the Holy Spirit at this time, and you could just look in the past and say all these things, but is that really answering the question? The question is more present tense and future tense. How is your relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's past. It's present. It is future. And he is the helper. He's the companion. He's the guide. He is our friend. Would you bow your heads with me as we um, pray to the Holy Spirit? And Holy Spirit, we pray like in that song that, that you are welcome here. We pray to you as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus, you said this. You said In John 16, you said, nevertheless, I tell you, it is to your advantage. He's he's talking to his disciples. It's in the advantage of us, the believers, that he goes away. Because if he goes away, then the helper will not come. But if he does depart, then I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin. This is one of the roles of the Holy Spirit. So Father, as we pray to you and think about our own lives, think about that question. How, what is our relationship with the Holy Spirit? Maybe there's some conviction that comes because that is one of the roles of the Holy Spirit. He convicts us of sin. Each and every one of us, Lord, we have we've fallen short. We've sinned. And it's by your forgiveness that we are made right. It's by your forgiveness that we are made whiter than snow. So Holy Spirit, we invite you to convict us. Not in in a way that, you know, someone making fun of us would shame us, but in a way that draws us to yourself. The Conviction of sin, the memories of sins that that we have committed, that we might come into your kingdom repentant and forgiven because you're the one who brings us. You're the one who calls us, Holy Spirit. So we worship you and we praise you, Lord. Would you stand with me now? We're going to say the confession prayer. It's a prayer that has been said for many years and it's it's asking the Lord, it's telling the Lord that we're not perfect and it's asking the Lord to forgive us. So let's say this together. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. By what we have done, what we have left undone. We have not loved you our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly hearted and humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us forgive us that we might delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your name.